Last Sunday, we began a new series of lessons that I'm calling Road Signs, and and we talked about how sometimes we face a rough road, and and we talked about the fact that road signs are important because they tell us what's coming, and and when we see that there's going to be a rough road, we have to prepare for that, and we talked about depending on what is certain, which is God, when life is uncertain. Well, this week we continue that series thinking about road signs and how they point us in different directions, guide us where we need to go, prepare us for danger, sometimes keep us from danger. And I want us to think about this sign, the yield sign. Now, the yield sign can be really important because the yield sign tells us you've got to fit into traffic. You've got to find a way to get where everyone else is going and it's up to you to let them keep their speed and you fit in. That's not always easy to do. We sometimes don't want to do that. We just want to keep going. But, but if we do, there's a chance somebody's going to get hurt and it might be us. Well, the same is true in life. We really are not excited about having to yield to what someone else wants. The truth is, we have our own goals. We know what makes us happy. We, we sort of know what we want to get out of life. We know the direction that we'd like to go, the speed that we'd like to get there. We think we've got it all figured out. We think we know best. And then we're put in a situation where we've got to yield to what someone else wants. We've got to yield to, to their plan, to what they think. And And that can be really difficult. And the truth is, over the past couple of weeks, many of us have been forced to yield. We've been told, okay, this is going to be a big change in your life and you're going to have to stay at home. Maybe you can go to work, maybe you can't go to work. If you do, you got to stay away from people. Even the last time we worshipped in this building, we were all trying not to shake hands and that was really hard to yield to. We would rather be together in this room this morning and we're having to yield to instructions that are designed to keep us safe. And that's really hard because there's things that we would like to accomplish today that we can't can't do. We'd like to be able to comfort people and encourage one another and laugh together and, and it's not happening because we're having to yield to an outside force. It makes us uncomfortable. Well, today... I want us to think about sort of a change in mindset, a better way at looking at life than sort of barreling through, it's going to be my way because I know best. And to do that, I want us to turn to John chapter 11, the gospel of John written by one of Jesus' disciples, a man who followed Jesus, saw all the miracles, heard all the teaching. And in chapter 14, we're at that final meal that Jesus shares with his disciples, the last supper. And John, who wrote this gospel, is there. And we have this, well, we have this long teaching in the gospel of John that takes place at that meal, just hours before the crucifixion. We call this the final discourse. Jesus has all this teaching that he shares with his disciples because he sort of knows this is it. There's not going to be much more time left. And so John records that. And in this, there's some teaching that I think they struggled with, we'll see that in a little bit in the lesson today, and I think we struggle with it several hundred years, 2,000 years later. In chapter 14, Jesus is promising his spirit will be with them. 
He calls it the comforter or the advocate is going to be present among them. He's not going to be physically with them. He knows what's going to happen. He's going to die. He's going to be raised from the dead and he's going to ascend into heaven. And the spirit will fill them and will be with them. And it's God's spirit present among them. Well, that would be hugely important in the ancient church. And it is still important today. But they were struggling to understand that. And then Jesus gets a little more mystical. He says, he and the Father are one, that they are together. Now that's hard for us to understand. It goes back to what does it mean for God to be three in one, the Trinity. We struggle to wrap our brains around that. And then Jesus says, they will be in us. What does that mean? And I think we're still talking about God's Spirit being present in us. And then Jesus goes on and he tells them that they're not going to be alone. He tells them that, that he is going to show himself to those he loves. Now, when the disciples heard that, they didn't fully understand what Jesus was talking about. And so in John 14, we have Judas, and it's not that Judas, okay? It's not Judas Iscariot who betrays Jesus. It's another Judas who was one of the disciples. We have him asking a question, and it's this. John 14, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? You see, he's confused because Jesus has just said, I'm going to show myself to those I love. And Judas sort of assumes, looking around, these are the people that Jesus loves. So maybe he's just going to show himself to us. Well, why just us? Well, that's not what Jesus meant. He goes on in verse 23 to, to say this. And this is where I want us to tune in and hear what Jesus has to say about yielding and not always getting our way. Jesus replied, verse 23, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Now you hear what Jesus is saying. Anyone who loves me is going to talk about me? No, that's not what he says. Is going to worship me? No, I mean, that's important, but that's not what he says either. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. It's about obedience. It's about doing what Jesus says we should do. In other words, it's about yielding. It's about choosing Jesus' way over my way. You see, I think I've got it all figured out. I think I know what life should look like. I think I should know, I know the goals that I should pursue. And Jesus comes and says, if you really love me, what you're going to do is yield all those things that you want to what I want. And if you do that, my father and I, we're going to be right there with you. You're going to have the greatest blessing that you could possibly have, and that's God's presence in your life. Not wealth and power, but God present with you walking through life. Jesus is saying the very best life is a life where God is present, where we are, where we are the most ourselves that we could possibly be because we are with the Creator, the one who made us and knows us best. The very best life 
is spent yielding ourselves to what God wants in our lives. Now sort of the the converse, the opposite side of the same coin is also true. He says this in verse 24, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Jesus says, this is God speaking to you. And and if you love me, you're going to obey. If you don't love me, guess what? You're going to ignore what I say. You're not going to yield. You're going to choose your way over my way. And, And that really is the lesson for us today. As we think about this passage, and Jesus is calling us to yield. And we oftentimes don't want to do that. We want to choose my happiness over everything. What matters is, am I getting out of life what I want? It's, it's about me. And Jesus says, no, it's about God. It's about becoming the person that, that God wants you to be. Not just getting everything you can get out of life, but, but allowing God to mold you by yielding to his hand that forms you and choosing his way. See, the lesson that we get is God's way over our way. That's really the key there. We want God's way over our way. That's yielding. That's choosing that I'm going to give this life, even though, you know, I sort of think I've got it figured out. I know what I want. I'm going to choose God's way over my way. I'm going to yield. Now, again, that's not always easy because we begin to think about the important parts of life, the the things that really matter to us and think, well, I don't know if I'm really ready to to yield those things. Like we might begin to think about our money. Our money is important to us. I mean, we've seen some wild fluctuations in financial markets. We're seeing things that are a little uncertain as we look forward and, and we get a little worried about that. Because what we have matters to us. But if we say it's God's way over our way, what we're saying is all those things that I'd like to buy with my money, all those places I'd like to go, all those ways that I could spend my money that I enjoy, I'm going to rethink because God may have a better plan. God may have mission that he wants me to pursue with the things that he's given me. Or God may see people that are in need that I need to help. Am I going to yield what I want with my money to the God who blessed me with that? We might think of other resources, our our time. Our time is hugely important to us. We know it's very limited. We can't make more of it. And how am I going to spend my time? Some of us have had time to think about that over the past couple of weeks as as, as our time is sort of adjusted, we, we don't have some of the demands we normally have, and we've had to think about, how does that feel? How am I going to use my time? Am I going to yield the way I want to use my time to the way God has called me to use my time? So, in relationships, in our work, how we sort of use our leisure time, our money, all those things come together and we have to say, is it going to be my way or God's way? And God is calling and he is saying, if you love me, you will obey my teaching. You will yield God's way 
over our way. It's not always about my happiness. It's about the mission that God has called me to fulfill. And say, so what we're dealing with is, what was I created to do? Was I created just to pursue my own happiness and get as much pleasure out of life as I can get? Or was, was I created for something more than that? To, to participate with God. You see, that's what Jesus says. If you love me, you'll obey my teaching and my Father and I will be with you. There's the best life. That's what you and I called to be. That's the life we're called to live. Now, my guess is, as I've been talking, you've, you've probably thought about some areas of life that are a little difficult for you to yield in. We can all do that pretty quickly because we know what they are. We know the things that are most important to us. We know the, the areas of life where it is most difficult to give God control. If you love me, you will obey my teaching. Are you ready to yield this morning? Well, we've been called to yield a lot over the past couple weeks, but, but in some ways that's really minor compared to yielding to what God has called us to be and to do. It's much more serious when God says, when I created you, and I can offer you something that really matters. But you've got to yield. You've got to put my way over your way. Let's pray together. God, it is sometimes really hard for us to yield to you. But this morning we ask that you would give us the strength to do it. And God, maybe that you would give us a glimpse of what we could be if we really gave it all over to you because we know we would be our best selves. God, help us to see that so we yield to what you want. God, we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.